I'm Ashley. I'm Valencia. And we're self-misguided. Today is a really interesting episode. Yeah. So, I am a daddy's girl. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to call myself. You are not. (laughs) I am not. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really close to my dad. I have a really good relationship with him. He's one of, like, my rocks, one of my best friends. And I don't have a relationship with mine. You are completely no contact with your dad. Yep. Yeah. So, today we are going to be doing the five life lessons from our dads. Mine are obviously going to be more positive, and yours are going to be things he taught you not to do. Yeah. Or you do the opposite. Things I learned from because of the way he did it. Yeah. So, it'll be really interesting. Um... This is the fourth episode we're recording. We've been recording for four hours. <laughs> so we don't have a ton of uh, BSing to do in the beginning. Yeah. The last episode we just recorded. When you guys <laughs> listen to our motivational quotes and it sounds like we had to cut out half the episode, it's because we didn't. <laughs> uh, that would be factual. So do we want to start with... Let's start on a high note. Let's start with one of yours. Okay. So my dad taught me that sometimes you have to accept what is. So my dad um, was, my dad has been clean and sober for, I mean, my brother's 30, so 31 years. Um, And he's like very big of the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to know the difference, the courage to change things I can and the wisdom to know the difference, right? Um, my, he's very big in that. So my dad was really big on accepting what life is, right? Accepting the cards he was dealt and working with them, accepting, you know, the people that were around him for who they were. Um, my dad is like someone who doesn't leave. Like my mom physically like left my dad, not to say he didn't deserve it at the time, but like he's just someone who accepts it for what it is and it just stays and like, like so make the best of it. Yeah. And like while he, I definitely don't have that same mentality, he definitely taught me that, you know, sometimes you just have to let it be what it is. Like don't try to ch- like don't try to change every situation. Like mm-hmm. accept things for what they are because that's what they are. Just, like, so simply. My dad is a very uh, simple person when it comes to things like that. Um, so, um, more, like, on that end, he's just, he's just, it is what it is kind of a person. Mm-hmm. And he tries to, like, definitely instill in his children, like, to not stress about things that cannot be changed. That are out of your control. Sorry, Jill is texting me. I see. We're having an icing crisis. Um, <laughs> but that was, like, definitely, like, one of the, like, more subtle life lessons, like, my dad taught me. The five I picked were more subtle. They weren't things he, ex- like, expressed to me. It was more of the way he lived his life and how he wanted us to be as people. So. So mine are more geared towards, like, the way he did things mm-hmm. and the way I do things differently. So one of the biggest things was is, like, the way I parent my children. So I obviously could go on and on about this because he is a very, like, different type of person. But 
One of the biggest things I was taught growing up is that children are to be seen and not heard. And while that that can obviously be even a joke, but it could be it could be generalized. I took I take it very seriously because because of that I had no voice. I had no opinion. I didn't even have a personality because I wasn't allowed to have that. I was allowed to be seen and not heard. And I Something I feel like goes along with that is, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know how well it goes along with that, but I also believe that as a parent, you should feel like you can apologize to your children. Oh, If you make a mistake, you should apologize to your children. And one thing growing up was no matter the mistakes they made towards me, I never got an apology because that's just like, they're a parent, they know everything. You're a child. You're to be seen and not heard. And that is something that I'll never forget the way I felt growing up under that. And if my kids ever feel that way, I will feel like I failed as a parent. It's really funny you give that example because I can think of multiple instances where my dad has apologized to me. Apologized to me for yelling when he shouldn't have. That's not the appropriate way to approach things. Different things like that. And so that's something I obviously want to carry on with Theodore. is like apologizing when I'm wrong. And that's something, like, as a parent, like, as a father, my dad does do. Yeah. Yeah, I I apologize to my kids all the time. If I get overworked and just kind of get, like, irritable, and they don't deserve it, but it kind of comes out on them, because obviously I'm with them by myself most of the time, and I will literally sit them down, I will hug them, I will hold them, I'll tell them I'm sorry, and I'll explain how I was feeling. Because if there's one thing my parents did not do was explain or like if they were mad at me or if they were in a bad mood I it got taken out on me but it was more of like if they were mad at me I got the silent treatment I didn't know what I did I didn't know how to fix it I didn't know what they were feeling Mm -hmm. and so I want my kids to be able to know what's going on at all times when it comes to like emotions and stuff like that because I don't think shutting your kids out is like okay at all I think there's like an extent to where like your kids shouldn't be privy to everything you're feeling yeah. and, like, expressing how you're feeling. Like, kind of like yeah. that s- scenario, like, your feelings were directly in correlation, but... If it has nothing to do with them, they should not feel, like, they shouldn't mm-hmm. feel those emotions, especially if it's, like, anger or sadness. Like, but, like, like, I mean, kind of think of it bigger, like, financial troubles, that kind yeah. of thing. My dad never made that our burden to carry. Yeah. Like, anything bigger that, like, really didn't involve us as children like they it wasn't our burden to carry and that's like something really big that always like like fights with your spouse that kind of thing they were never they were never my problem yeah I love your face (laughs) we'll touch on that in a second (laughs) (laughs) so my second one is very like job oriented my work ethic I get from my dad my dad had this very work hard Make yourself hard to replace. Make it make it a pain to lose you. From like a work, show up early, work hard, do whatever they ask. Like, you know, prove yourself. And while I'm someone who like definitely talks about like making sure you're pa- paid fairly and stuff like that. Like, I'm not like a, like I'm not a quiet quitter. I'm not like a fan of that. Like, I'm a fan of if you're not happy there, like you're not getting paid fairly, whatever. Work hard until your last day. Look for another job, but don't quit working. Yeah. For that, 
my, that was something like my dad definitely taught me. I remember when I got my first job, I had gotten to a car wreck before, like a few months before then. So I still wasn't comfortable driving. He would make sure, like he would literally drop me off 30 minutes early every day. We'd leave our house 30 minutes early. We live like five minutes from there. Um, every day. And I had open availability and I was, I was to be there on time. I was to not call in. Like he really instilled those like efforts of, it's this really big joke in my family, but it's not a joke for my brother, my older brother's 16th birthday. My dad got him a job. He went and got Burger King for breakfast that morning. And they were talking about needing someone to work literally for my brother's birthday. I was getting breakfast for his birthday on his 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I, and they were like, well, he's like, oh, well, how old do you have to be to work here? And they're like, oh, 16. He's like, oh, my son just turned 16. It's, when are you doing it? Because they were doing open interviews. And like, oh, if he comes in today, he can have the job. So nice. for my brother's 16th birthday, my dad got him a job. Wow, that's nice. And my brother worked it up until, like, the weekend before he went to boot camp for the Marines. When it, like, he did that was 18, I'm mean, wrong. But, like, that's the same thing as, like, I've worked for three companies in my life. And... Wild, wild child in there. <laughs> Ryan must not be feeding him fast enough. Um, when I quit my first job, I qu- like my last day was on a Friday and I started my next job the following Monday. And this last job transfer, I overlapped for like almost three months working both of them. Just because that the job I left was not at all prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. Ah, that was glorious for me. Again, I made myself so hard to replace that uh they had to pay me full pay while I worked part-time hours as I took on this new job because they physically could not have not have me there mm-hmm. and they didn't know how to hire and train apparently but um that was like definitely like work the work ethic my father instilled in me is so strong yeah I can I can see that for sure it's annoying isn't it <laughs> occasionally <laughs> it annoys me like when I work through my lunch because I'm busy and I show up early and sometimes I'm like why can't I just be an eight to fiver and leave and not take it with me but it's okay where I'm at now like I love what I do I love who I do it for it's a great environment I feel like I'm paid fairly like all of that so I feel like it really did get me somewhere that like I'm really happy to be yeah and my dad's someone like I remember my dad got laid off once, and I tr- think it was in 08, his company shut down, like, obviously, and he literally was within the month working, but he's never not had a job, and he's someone who, like, is a, very much like Alan, like, a provider for his yeah. family. They're, like, I don't know if they're, it's, like, a trait you're born with, or, like, just the way he was raised, like, he had, his dad was his example on working, like, for you provide for your family. And I love that trait. I don't like some other traits that... Yeah. But, yeah. It's it's really neat. <laughs> I think it's, like, definitely, like, a learned trait. I'm not someone that sought that out, though. That was not a requirement for me or anything. It just kind of happened. I was fully planning to work. Oh. Not that, like, not like I sought out someone to let me stay at home. No, no. I would not date someone who wasn't employed. Oh, I... Yeah, And, like, that. there's a time frame to be unemployed. Yeah. You don't like, quit a job without having something else lined up. And if you get fired, you, you better off. be hired. Yeah. Like, I, that's, that, like. That's responsibility right there. That's, yeah, that's, like, something my dad's, like, talked about is, yeah. like, that kind of thing. And there are a lot of, like, things to me like that that I, because I had such a strong father figure, figure I don't accept in long-term partners. There's, like, a lot of things I don't accept because of that. 
but I have never like as an adult dated someone who was unemployed and anyone who became unemployed when we were together was employed within 24 hours somewhere else so it's like that's nice that's not I don't I agree with that I don't think and I don't think that's like just a man thing like I've never been unemployed so and if I was I would immediately be looking for other work if I was like fired or laid off yeah. I would immediately be looking for other work I wouldn't be taking time to think get my thoughts in order <laughs> But obviously now as a mother, like, I would have the option to stay at home. And I'm not as strong as you are, so I'm doing that. <laughs> Some days I'm like, I'm not strong, strong enough. But. Like, give me, I want Ashley's nice cushy life where she leaves her family for <laughs> all day long for day. Uh, my, next, my next one actually goes kind of with that. I, so I got, you can't wait around for things to work out for you. You have to work for it. My dad was someone that he's still waiting for his break in life. He's waiting for life to grant him, a, you know, give him a break from all of his trials and stuff. But the thing about it is, is everything he's been going through, he brought on himself. And so you have to be willing to do something about it. You have to be willing to, like, work for what you want, obviously. But I just remember so many times, like... He'd just be complaining about life. Like, why is life doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? And I'm like, you're not doing anything to prevent it. You're not doing anything to get through it. And so, he, I don't think it'll ever be a point. Like, obviously, life's not just going to give him what he wants. And the, it's kind of like a hole. You're no, your dad deeper. has grown. He's not changing. This is who he is as a person. But it's just like a hole that you're, like, getting deeper and deeper into. Like, you have to, you know, grab the shovel, make mm-hmm. it stop digging, and, like, climb out of there. Oh, absolutely. And so that's something I'm like, any challenge that comes your way, you don't put it off. You don't just wait for it to go away. Mm-hmm. You have to do something about it right away. And that's actually something my grandparents taught me was, like, even just, like, simple things. Like, your air conditioner breaks at your house. You fix it immediately. Your floor that's... gets a crack. You fix it immediately because then it's a bigger and bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And that can go towards anything. That's how my dad is. Like, fix. don't wait to fix the problem. Don't put the problem off. Fix it now. Yeah. He's very much one of those people. Imagine how annoying <laughs> he's going to be the next time he comes over and that hole's not been filled in. <laughs> that literally made me think of it. But it's also crazy to me that my grandparents taught me a lot of things. And I know that they taught him all these things. And... He didn't apply any of it. And it's actually crazy to me that growing up, there were a lot of things that he would, like, try to instill in me, like, responsibility and stuff like that. And he's not doing any of those things. But that was a control thing. He was just trying to use something to blame you, which proves he thinks responsibility is a bad thing. Yeah. And just for those who, like, aren't close to Valencia, her grandparents that she constantly references are her dad's parents. Yeah. So... They're beautiful people. I love them so They're much. so sweet. That was the first time I met them on Monday. Yeah. No. Yeah, because they didn't. They weren't able to come last year to Charlotte's birthday party. They were. I was about ready to call you a liar, but you're not. <laughs> they that may have been at that fun. very first, her first birthday party, and I might not just, were they at her first one? No, that's what I was, she's only two. I know. Were they at her that's second? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they were at her, they were at her first one or her second one then. Whatever. I don't know. No, they were at her second birthday. Not her first, So that I didn't... I just must have not met them that day. You know what? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. So. That's... Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> She's chomping over there. Some amazing granola. I still got the pumpkin kind, too. 
<laughs> I'll never not make that face. <laughs> it was like pumpkin pie. Well, maybe I'd try that. I like pumpkin pie. That's it, though. No pumpkin spice anything. You do realize pumpkin spice is pumpkin pie spice. Yeah, right? but it's different when it's okay. like mixed with coffee and stuff. Ryan makes really good homemade pumpkin pie. I've never made it homemade. <laughs> I buy I buy pie. Let's make him make it for Friendsgiving. I won't be here unless you do it. Friendsgiving. You're not going to do that the week of Thanksgiving. You didn't do it last year. I know, but Alan won't be here, and I'm not doing that by myself. We can just do it over here, then. Okay. As long as I can leave about ten minutes before we eat. <laughs> I don't know. Then I'll we, have food done when I... Then we can put I, that to rest. I'll have food done when I said it was going to be done. <laughs> it's a lot to put on a person. His husband that. doesn't help them. He likes to talk the whole time. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Alan's the problem here, in case you haven't gathered. The third lesson I have here is forgiveness. Life is short. Forgive. My dad is very different in me, and he is not a fan of holding grudges. I will forgive from hell. <laughs> I was not sure what you were going to say. No. <laughs> um, no, my dad is, like, really big on, like, forgiving wrongdoings. I think to a fault. I think he does it way too often. But... Like, my dad had, a, like, obviously my dad is in his 60s, so he's older. He grew up in, like, a different time frame. And he had a lot of problems with his parents. And my poor boy. And he had, like, you know, he talks about a time that his mom broke a stack of plates on his head. Like, you know, it, not just, like, normal stuff, right? But he was able to forgive and, like, was really close with his mom even now. Like, she's suffering through, like, dementia and things like that. Very close with my grandma. Um, and my dad just has, like, he's someone who doesn't think you should hold on to anger. So he's taught me that, like, forgiveness is key. I think he takes it to a fault because he's, like, a forgive and forget kind of person. And I'm, I'm barely a forgive person. I'm sure as hell not a forget person. Like, my dad gives people multiple, multiple chances. But I think if he were harsh like I am, I would be way worse than I am now. Because both of my parents are like a multiple chance people. Yeah. Um, but he definitely, like, my dad, my dad is someone who expresses the, like, importance of forgiveness frequently. What? Nothing. I'm just... What's the, what's so important <laughs> that you have to, like, forgive someone for something they do to you repeatedly? To him, to him, it's just, that's... It's what you do. Like, forgiveness yeah. is on you. I mean, my grandparents are the same way. Yeah. And that's and so weird. Because, like, like, as people who, like, have a hard time doing that, like, yourself and I. Yeah. Um, I wasn't mean that, like, negative towards your dad. It's yeah, like, like it's, like, so I think hard that to understand. Do that like, too. what, like, why? Like, why? Because to us, it's, like, why put yourself through it? And I know to yeah. my dad, my dad isn't thinking of himself. He's like, thinking of the other person. There's got to be a line where someone does something so terrible that you, like... You still feel like you have to forgive them? They're just going to do he, it again. I think my dad's forgiveness doesn't have an end. You know, because he's still with my stepmom. I mean, that's, yeah, that's nice that he has, like, that generous heart. It's not. Can't relate. Well, like, I think, like, what's hard is, like, a lot of people, like, because my dad is, like, very, like, typical someone from his generation, and, like, he's not an emotional person and things like that. And I think, like, a lot of people like to write him off as, like, not generous and not 
forgiving because it's not like what they want to see. Oh. But my dad is like a like a, a an open arms. Like he has boundaries. Like you can't like one like one of my siblings isn't allowed to move back home ever again. But they're never cut out of his life, right. even though they definitely should be, kind of thing. How my grandparents are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they... I don't know. It must just be like a generational thing. For sure. What's your third one? Uh, This one's geared towards like finances. And uh, I understand I am not the money maker in my family. But me and my husband are a team. And everything we deal with, we deal with together. So when it comes to finances, my parents would always... Or my dad... He would all, they would always buy things that they couldn't afford. Now, obviously, it's not just like going out and buying a TV. This is like cars. They'd get a car. They'd get repossessed within a few months because they couldn't afford the payment. Knowingly, it's not necessarily that they couldn't afford it. All their money went towards things that were not important first. Yeah. And that's something very important to us. The moment we get, even before we get our check in the bank, we plan out every single bill first. Mm-hmm. Those things get paid immediately. And then you see what you have left over. So that would also go for, like, anywhere we lived. Couldn't They wouldn't make the bills. Like, they wouldn't pay the bills. They wouldn't pay the utilities, stuff like that. We'd get kicked out. And we'd have to move all the time. And then I feel like they're... It's so weird how you can, like, get kicked out of a place. and you Get evicted. Because you're, like, told that evictions ruin your life, but obviously yeah. not. But it's also, like, you put, like, where you last lived and, like, your, your landlord's number or whatever. And then, like... Do they just not call? Like, what's they the point of filling that out? So, it's just something like, oh, I have a story with that too. Because when I was a teenager, I might have, I was like 15, I think. They actually, we had to move. You know, they didn't pay the bills. And you know that your utility bills and stuff, you don't pay it for so long. It, it does back up. Like, you yeah. have to. Back pay it. And if you get it shut off and you have to get it turned back on, you have to pay that. Mm-hmm. So there was a one point where that happened, and they were trying to talk me into putting it in my name. How old are you? Fifteen. Jesus Christ. And obviously, I'm smart, and was like, absolutely not, because I knew that would ruin me later on. Not necessarily ruin, but like that you already have... knew enough not to trust them. Yeah. And so that's just literally like, do not ask your kids. First of all, and it, obviously they had to ask my permission. That's something like. I guess it's legal, but you, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, because you have to go in and say it's okay. That's why they wanted you to be on board before you went in. Yeah. And I'm just glad that at that point I wasn't manipulated enough to know, like to know better. So yeah, so definitely that was a lesson in like priorities as well. Like, so. Yeah. So my dad like financially is a Scrooge kind of, like my dad came from like a, very poor family and I remember like there's like a story I remember he moved out on his own at 16 um he was one of five children in a tiny tiny town um he moved out on his own at 16 and he talks about one time like him and his roommate had no money for food and they had to use their bb guns to kill squirrel to eat like that's how like no money they had yeah and um so my dad is, like, very, like, financially, and he works really hard to, like, instill that in us, and I definitely, like, get my financial side from my dad of, like, you should never, like, be spending too, like, 
to your income max, those kind of things, like stuff like that. Always save, like just different things like that. Yeah, we he mine was uh, they wanted all these things, so they they went ahead and just did it. So like we'd go out to eat, and he's one of those people that would complain about the meal so much that they would give it to us for free because he couldn't afford to go out to eat, but he wanted to go out to eat. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll tell you about the whole server tip thing later if I haven't already told you about that. No. So he had well, he had the system where he'd have $5 and he'd put it on the table. The oh, that's down, disgusting. I already know what you're saying. If anything wrong, you took a dollar off. I mean, they never, they hardly ever would earn the money back. Like, they'd have to be, like, exceptional or have their shirt unbuttoned for him to, like, want to put money back. But no matter the cost of the meal... It was only $5. That's disgusting. I cannot stand people like that. I I'm And I'm I anti-tip culture. That's just, like, disgusting. Yeah. So, stuff like that. It's just, like, oh, gross. No. My uh, my dad was very much, like, like, we didn't eat out a ton. Like, even still, like, it's just not, like, this common thing that my dad does. Like, different things like that. He's very, like, money, money conscious, like, yes. because of where he came from and how hard he worked to get where he's at. Okay, number four, um, family isn't built by blood. Love that. Very much like, I often say I'm one of seven children. My older brother and I are full blood brothers, and my little brother and I are half, and we are my dad's only three biological children. If you ask my dad, he has seven kids. And if you ask me, I'm one of seven. He loves all of my stepmother's kids like they're her own. He's taken in our, like, my brother and I's friends when we were younger more than once. He just, to him, like, family is what you make it, not what you're given. Um, he is, like, a very give the shirt off of his back to people he loves kind of person. Like, just, you build your life. Like, it's not blood, it's what you build. And so, Kind of like vice versa, you don't have to accept, while he is incredibly forgiving, he did teach us, like, we don't have to accept people because they're blood. And we can love, anyone can be our family, even if they're not. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, cultivated these really beautiful relationships I have with some of my stepsisters. Um, to, like, the point where, like, you couldn't tell me they're not my, they're not my sister. Like, you could never take that from me. Yeah. My turn. <laughs> so my next one's about like instability. So growing up, I went to like nine different schools. We moved like all the time. And it's not that like we got bored in a place. So um, for whatever reason, he would either lose his job and have to get a different job or he would be with a woman and they'd break up and we'd have to move. So it's not necessarily that it was, it was that we would have to move because I don't really know, obviously, I don't know if I'll ever know, but I don't know if he was somebody that didn't like to be alone or if it was just because we needed somewhere to live that we would move in with somebody even only after a few months of mm -hmm. knowing them. And I remember specifically one time we were living with one of his girlfriends and they sat me down. I think I was like fifth grade. I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, but... They were like, she basically looked at me and was like, I just don't love your dad anymore. And so we had to, like, move out. It, that happened so many times. We're like, I also don't love my dad. So join the club and stay. 
<laughs> at that point in my life, he was all I had, no mm-hmm. matter what. But the worst part about it was we were actually, like, best friends whenever he was single. And there were times where we'd live in an apartment. It was just us. And we would watch movies. We He'd, like, teach me how to cook. He'd, like, we'd have memories. He had a motorcycle. We'd ride it everywhere. And then the moment he'd get a girlfriend, he'd have to make it work. And even if that meant me being, like, on the back burner. So I remember feeling like a stepchild to my own parent because he needed to make their children feel important, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense to me. But um, so stability is something that is so important to me. Obviously, I don't think I need to worry about that with my spouse. But whenever we were, before we decided to homeschool or travel, me and Alan really discussed like how important that is to me because... Obviously, before we decided to homeschool, we wanted to, whatever school district they were in, no matter what, we would only move one time if we had to move. They would only move schools, like, one time if we had to. And, it, like, once it got to a certain point, like, they we wouldn't. Because I had, and this kind of comes from, like, the, not necessarily, like, antisocial, but the social anxiety that I have because oh, moving yeah. every year to a different school, especially, like, middle school, junior high, I never even, I didn't make friends because I knew I would leave. And so that that came from a lot of, like, sitting alone at lunch, walking by myself all the time, not hanging out with anybody after school because I didn't have any friends because I knew I would just move again. And so that's just another thing I don't want my kids to have to go through. Now, it sounds a little weird now because, like, we're homeschooling and everyone has this whole, like, was, like, stigma that homeschool children can't be socialized. And I'll tell you, they're my husband's children and they... They will be... They, they will not be. They don't know a stranger Charlotte most definitely is. So, but, yeah, so... I, I raise your stigma because I also have social anxiety and I... My dad still lives in the house I was born into, so I didn't change school districts near yeah. that. And... I have, like, uh, not a warning for you, but, like, something that to keep in mind is mm-hmm. don't try to correct your trauma so hard that you just give your kids the opposite trauma. Yeah. That's, like, something I have to pay attention to a lot. Well, obviously like, it's different now because, like, we did travel. Yeah. And we are homeschooling and, like, things are nowhere near the same as what we had discussed early in our marriage. Oh, absolutely. But there's just, there's a lot of things, like, the different spouses and stuff like that. That, I mean, obviously I don't have to... It's just an example that I was given when I was younger. That, that I was you like, don't I want do to give not want Oh, absolutely. I do not want my kids to feel less important to me to make something else work. Okay. Like, they will come first. And I have, like, the exact opposite experience. Well, not with that, because, like, when my dad's started dating my stepmom, I definitely didn't feel as important, but not to, like... Not to a point where he was, like, loving her kids more than me. They were just, like... I was 16, and they were two. So it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, yeah. like, they needed different care. But, so, my parents, my mom and my dad, moved into the house. My dad still lives into this day on my oldest brother's first birthday. So, my dad's lived there for 30 years. I am 28. (laughs) So, same school district. My parents were married until I was, like, they divorced when I was almost 16. Yeah. And my dad has only been with one person besides my mom. My mom has been with two, but they were both very, like, long-term things. So both of my parents, I wasn't in this, like, revolving door of, like, dating and thing, and moving and switching school districts and this and that. So I had, like, a ton of stability. Mm-hmm. And my mom 
has always, she's probably overcorrected and like making sure we knew that we were always the most important kids in our life because both of the men my mom was with did have children, do have children. Brian is, she's still with Brian, but um, she's like let us know that she will always be our mother first before she's yeah. anything else. And so I have like the exact opposite of like, I have so much stability yeah. to the point where I almost wish they would have moved me school districts. I just don't want my kids to think that everything can change in a matter of days. Like, they have to change everything all at once. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I was always living in that fear that we're just going to move or, like, he's going to meet someone else and I'm going to, like, everything's going to change. I like change in a healthy way. Like, for good reasons. But that was so, like... So nothing ever changed in my childhood to the point that I was scared of change. Mm. And it took me, like, such a long time to, like, be comfortable. And now I love change. But yeah, that's I definitely not. That's so interesting because I feel like I'm so adaptable to change because of the life that we lived. Like I, I feel like I can handle it. Yeah. But I don't. Because, want my kids but I didn't to be have, scared of it. But I didn't have any change. Yeah. So, I know that's why. It's so like, I had the same school district. I had the same home. I had the same like family life, and that's that's what I'm saying is like make sure you're not so hard focused on not doing what was done to you that you create the opposite. Yeah. Because that's something, like, we discuss, like, Ryan and I discuss a lot because there are things like that that I worry I can do. Mm. Like, just overcorrect, right? Um, are we ready to move on to the yeah, fifth? Yeah, sure. Uh, so mine is, I don't know, like, I don't have, like, a quick tagline to put this. Right. Both... My brother and I and my siblings, my other siblings, have dated people, like this is just a good example, dated people that our parents didn't like, or we broke up with people and got back with them, and my dad would never, you would never know if my dad didn't like your partner. My, your partner would never know if my dad didn't like you. My dad was very big on accepting the people, who the people you love, love. Right? Very big on that. Um, to the point where, like, my ex-husband left me seven days before a wedding. And when I got back with him, my dad welcomed him back in with open arms. Like, that kind of thing. And it has, like, such a deeper meaning for, like, like when I sit down and talk about it and things like that. And this is, like, an extreme case, but I feel like it gets the message across. If you think of a friend who's, like, with a shitty boyfriend, right, and they break up and they get back together and they break up and they get back together, Danielle and I have had this conversation a lot, um, uh, and you eventually say, I don't want to hear anymore. If you get back together with them, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. And they do. You've now lost that person, right? You say, well, it's all on them. They made these choices. Well, in this severe example I'm going to use, Imagine that friends with a violent partner, I think they say it takes on average seven times before you successfully leave. Could you imagine if after the third you said, oh, I'm not going to be here for you. One, that's what that partner wants. That's what that abusive, violent partner wants is for you to not be there, for them to not have a support system. So to my dad is you always accept those people back and don't give them an extra reason to not want that person around you. Don't give the person you love another conflict. And be there because one day, if and when they finally leave, they'll need you. And they need to know you're there. You need to be that thing they have. And so it it never faltered. My dad would, it was, they're not allowed to come over for dinner. They're not allowed to this. It was never any of that. My dad never said anything mean. And it, it wasn't just when they were around. He would never say anything to us in private. Oh, I don't like him. I don't think you should stay with him. Or I don't like her. I don't think you should stay with her. Are you sure you want to do this? None of that. 
he was just a hundred percent supportive all around and kept all of the negativity he had to himself. And like, just like this, it kind of comes from this overwhelming support. I use a Dharma and Greg reference all the time. If I wanted to open a kite shop tomorrow, my dad would help me find the building and put down a down payment on it. He didn't care. He wouldn't know. Jesus Christ. We're waiting <laughs> the for the sirens. Yeah. I was waiting for a no, cry. No, he threw something. Um, it doesn't matter what my dad thinks. He's just going to support you. Now, he's not going to support you when you're, like, doing drugs and, like, not taking care of your kids, things like that, but... My dad, like my dad is like such a supportive person. And that's like something like I want to make sure I can do in parenthood is like never let my kids know if I don't like their partner or don't like a friend they're hanging out with. I never will do that. That way they know they can always come to me. And they're never like, oh, I'm proving mom right. She didn't like them. That'll never be a thought that crosses their mind because they'll never know. And so like it, then it's all my, because like at the end of the day, it is your battle. Like those kind of things. What? Nothing. I'm just feeling so, I feel emotional just because we've had a conversation similar to this where even though I might have been talking to someone or have a friendship with someone, you, you tell me that no matter what, even if you don't like this person, you'll be there for me if or when something bad goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And like, I know I can always count on you. Yeah. And like, now I'm just like in awe of your dad. Well, it's like, I definitely like don't do it as gracefully as my dad does because like, you'll, I'll be like... And I think I, like, I just, it's, like, kind of the, like, honesty side of me that sometimes is too much. Like, you'll know I don't like them, but I'll never be hateful. And, like, that, like, and that was kind of, like, when Danielle went through what she went through with that friendship while we were friends. Like, you know, I wasn't like, ha ha, I told you so, blah, blah, blah. Like, look at, you should have just listened to me this entire time and, like, walked away from her because that's not, like, that's, Danielle wouldn't have been my friend anymore if I had, for starters. That's, like, such a shitty thing to do. Yeah. And, like, I wish I could be better to, like, keep those other feelings to myself, but I wear it on my face too much. Apparently. (laughs) (sighs) You ready? I think so. (laughs) So, um, my next one's, it's so, it's, I'm reading these and I'm thinking, like, how much they make, like, so much sense. Like, it's, it's, like, common sense, but to... But it wasn't common sense because it's not how you were raised. But, like, to experience it for years is, like, why I feel like I needed to say how not to treat your spouse, kids, and pets. And I put pets in there because of something that happened recently. But every single relationship he had, and I talked about how we moved a lot, and it was always another girlfriend. Every single relationship, and it's probably why they all ended, there was no trust, no respect, no... It was just, like... No, like, it was all miscommunication, constant fighting. And it's not just, like, fighting or whatever. It's, like, screaming, yelling, throwing things. I never saw any of them get physically violent that I can remember, which I'm glad. But growing up in the environment that I grew up in, mental manipulation, mental, like, uh, abuse is awful as well. Like, I feel like they can go hand in hand as well. Oh, 100%. And I've had to heal from stuff like that because not only did he treat his spouses like that, the kids got it too. And I wasn't the only kid. Like most of his girlfriends had kids and some were older than me, some were younger than me. We all got treated the same. And one, this is one of the biggest things that is 
causes like anger in me because I, I have t- two kids and still, and I've worked on it for so long, still my first reaction is to yell. And I hate that. Oh yeah. And I have to fight it every single day. And I don't think I would if I hadn't been around that for most of my life. No, I would 100% agree. So, um, hang on, I'm I had a lot on this, so I'm just trying to keep it, like, minimal, but for, like, the pets, he does not (laughs) need pets. Not only does he lazy, and that's something that he dogged on me for, for, like, my whole life. He called me lazy all the time. I'm the one who had a consistent job for years, and he, I don't know how long his longest job was. Anyway, um... You mean that he wasn't getting blasted all over Facebook for being a creep for Yeah. Um, we always had dogs, I think, but he would always... He'd chain them up outside. He'd forget to water them, forget to feed them, like, all that stuff. But he wouldn't even... I don't remember a single time taking an animal to the vet. And so... He... I don't want to... I'm not going to say the story, but... He mistreated animals whenever he was mad. And he is somebody that, when he is mad, everybody feels it. I'll tell you if you want to hear. I, like, don't even need you to tell me. I know. But it's just something, like, I still have to work through those things that were done to me when I was younger to my kids. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a big thing for me because I have to fight that every day. And I wouldn't if he hadn't have been that way. And so. So. He needs compassion. He needs patience and kindness. It's just. As a spouse, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not my dad's partner, so I have no vouching for him. And, like, growing up with my mom versus seeing my dad with my stepdad, stepmom, my stepmom is, like, has her own issues. So, like, it's an entirely different relationship. And I saw things that my parents would have never put in front of me. And, like, now as a mother, I feel for my mother. Because if Ryan would ever put my kids in that situation, ooh. It would rain down hellfire. Yeah. But, like, at, like my parents, I can maybe recall five times I heard them fighting. I mean, you can now tell when they were annoyed with each other. Mm-hmm. You can tell when most people are annoyed with each other. But I just, like, it wasn't this, like, I don't think of my childhood as constant fighting. I don't think of, like, my yeah. parents as fighting. But as a spouse, I know my dad has his flaws. Like, I, I do. But I'm not my dad's partner. And, like, yeah. that's not really, like... My dad was put in my life to be a father figure. And as a father, my dad is as good as they come. Like, he's just this person. And kind of think of pets. Like, I always remember my dad as, like, not being a pet guy. But that's not true. My dad wanted a Rottweiler so bad. And I remember one time we went to Atwoods when it was still in the old location. And someone had him out front. And he was just, like, in love with them. But Danny's like, oh, that's irresponsible. And, like, now, obviously, like, as an adult... So we were, we all, we were a very minimal animal home, like two max, right? And my dad always took really good care of them. I remember going to the vets. I remember this and I remember that. And I remember, you know, I remember my brother's dog died and how caring my parents were. Um, but my dad was always a minimal pet person. And now, like, obviously I'm a huge animal lover, but being in my house saying, okay, no more dogs. I can feel like it's just a responsibility thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, have, dogs are like you know I, pe- you can't care people, for people. I think a lot of time people don't understand the costs that truly come with pets, and so like just to put some numbers with like Samson. So Samson is a large dog, he's about a hundred pounds, and he's a fluffy dog. So Samson has to get groomed every like three to six weeks. We, we try to do about four weeks. Um, 
like on and off, short, just like a trim, and then a full haircut because Samson likes to be bald so he can run around like a madman. Um, so you have that, and then Samson has to stay on flea and tick medicine and heartworm medicine. So Samson's grooming appointments are anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars. So one hundred and fifty every two months. Mm-hmm. Then his flea and tick medicine and his heartworm medicine that we give him every month, we buy like once a year, and it's five hundred dollars. So I mean, I don't even know what one hundred and fifty. Like I don't have my calculator up, so which I'm gonna add the yearly cost of Samson real quick. Those dorks. Then you have his yearly vet appointment. I included that in the five hundred because that's when I buy the flea and tick. The whole appointment's five hundred dollars. Then that. Then Samson eats like a forty-five dollar bag of food every month. So. You have that, and then I probably spend anywhere from, like, $50 to $100 a month on toys and treats, things we need for him otherwise, right? So another $1,500 a year. Samson costs, just in grooming, vet, and food, $4,300 a year. It's like, it's like, what, like, I mean, what can you, that's a car payment. He's a car payment to have my $306 a month. Oh, I was th- I was still stuck on the four thousand. I was like, that is not a car payment. He's a car payment, <laughs> and yeah. like that's that's good proper care of an animal, mm-hmm. and that doesn't account for like. And then like I have an emergency fund for Samson in case he has to have an emergency vet visit or something like that, um, because that's proper care of an animal. And so like obviously like now like I can look back like my dad was so responsible for one only letting us have little dogs because little dogs are drastically cheaper than big dogs. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, <laughs> and to, to like limit the amount we were having. And our dogs were in when it was cold. They were inside dogs. We didn't have chained up outside dogs. Tyler's dog Odie was, but not because we forced him to be, but because he would literally whine by the door all night long if he was inside. So he was out anytime it was nice enough to be out like 24-7. But yeah, that's like, this is... Yeah, my dad is my dad, and he is a fantastic dad. We kind of have this on-running joke in our house of it's really hard to be, like, a less-than-decent father when you're in my life. Like, if you, like if your people are in my life because they're constantly being measured up to my dad. Not even, like, by choice. Like, everyone in this room has met my father on more than one occasion. My dad is over at my house all the time. He's, like, over at Thanksgiving. I can call my dad for anything he is he's a like he's a rock in my life and you know I have a bad day and I I call my dad like the wind blows in the wrong direction and like I call my dad I'm worried about this and I call my dad I literally did not send you this TikTok but I sent it to Ryan and now I have to show it the Creator of this TikTok is Emily Gross. Dad, where's mom? Dad, I just put diesel in my car on accident. It was an accident. What do I do? Those are so funny. Please answer when I call you. Dad, how much is too much for new tires? Dad, can you come over and fix my grill, please? Dad, what does it mean if my dashboard has a car with an exclamation point on it? Dad, are you listening? Dad. Why do I have to pay more money in taxes when they already took money out of my paycheck? Dad, can you come over and hang my TV, please? <laughs> Dad, call me back. Dad, it's not funny. Why are you laughing? Dad, Dad, answer your phone. Dad, how do I know when there's enough air in my tires? Dad, what red wine goes best with steak? Dad, can you come meet me at the tire place? They're trying to take advantage of me. And I- 
And if that's not me, I don't know what is. Like, I literally called, like, uh, so I was having oil problems with my car, and I literally called my dad and said, well, it's in between, but there's not enough on it. Like, I'll literally, and he'll be like, eh, this is what you do, and this is what you do. And, like, my dad taught me how to check the oil and change the oil in my car and change a tire. My, so my dad expressively taught me how to change my tire. Do you know what happens if I have a flat tire, a tire that needs to change? Well, you got so many people you could call. Yeah, now I, so I, like, I think of this moment, I was, like, I think it was, like, 20, maybe it was, like, 19, and I got, like, a, a, like my tire popped at Kohl's. My dad works out by where I work now. It's, so like, literally all the way across town, like, 30 minutes. Pouring rain. My dad leaves work, drives over, changes my car, follows me to Firestone so I can get a new tire, and then goes back to work. My dad taught me how to change a tire in my car and has never once made me do it myself. Like, that's just, that's who he is as a father and, like, hearing stories like yours makes me like hug my dad a little tighter <laughs> kind of thing so I just want to hug your dad my dad is like like and I think that's it is like my dad is like everyone's dad like he doesn't like that's I'm sure he didn't but like he it almost is like he grew up destined to be a dad but that's it's my story you doing okay yeah these episodes are always like hard yeah and I, like, feel like you, like, have, like, you're doing so good at, like, facing what is and, like, talking about it more and being open. And, like, I love that this is your journey. I love that I get to be a part of it and, like, be here for you. Oh, this is, like, a very unserious one. But, like, remember at Walmart, my dad was, like, what did he say? Oh, that they got Taylor Swift tickets and you took him seriously. And he was, like, I'm just kidding. And we were walking away. I was, like, now do you see why I am the way that I am? And she was, like, Yes. <laughs> I was so. like, you're the best dad for getting her Taylor Swift tickets. He's like, I didn't. No, he didn't even take her to that concert. Yeah. So funny. It was for him and my little brother. Not that she would want to go, but it was so funny. Um, but, okay, good pop. I'm literally going to call it the good podcaster spiel. Uh, rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. Uh, follow, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at selfmisguidedpodcast. DM, comment, interact with us. We love it. Let us know what you want to hear from us um, and let us know what you don't like so we've got something to laugh at. And thank you for joining us because at the end of the day, aren't we all self-misguided? I mean, I make my dad double check all of my husband's work, so what do I know? (laughs)